Hello and welcome back to Equity, the TechCrunch podcast where we unpack the numbers and the nuance behind the headlines. It is August 22nd, 2022 and yeah, I'm back. This is Alex. Hello. I've missed everyone oh so very much. I want to start today with a big thank you to the Equity team for being absolutely amazing while I was out. You know, Equity is a big family. No one person is super critical, but it's lovely to be able to go away and have everything be oh so smooth. Also, we do have a new producer on the Equity team, so the family is getting larger. I'm excited about that more later, but in general, glad to be back, although I am having my usual fears of, do I still know how to do my job? Well, let's find out. Let's start, as we always do, with a look at the global markets. What's going on over in Asia? Well, stocks are mostly down. Over in Europe, stocks are down. And here in America, well, stocks are set to fall at the open. I think that equities are essentially digesting the potential for higher rates. There's unease about the global economy's overall growth rate. And there's a lot of other issues that I don't think we need to recap here. But suffice it to say that stocks are not going to have a good start to the week. Turning to the world of crypto, there are no major price movements in the last day that we particularly care about. But if you extend the time horizon and think about the last week, well, Bitcoin is off 12%, ETH is off 17.5%, and Solana's token is off 21.5%. That brings the aggregate market cap for cryptocurrencies down to the roughly $1 trillion mark. And sure, market cap's not a great metric for crypto, but it does matter to the enthusiast eye. NFTs are still depressed in terms of total value traded, and the floor price for Bored Apes is on the way down. So if you care about blue chip NFTs, the news isn't much better. My favorite thing in the entire world is when a private company's information becomes public. And CNBC got its hands on some numbers from FTX, the crypto exchange founded by Sam Bankman-Fried, better known as SBF in the crypto world. Now, FTX is known recently for jumping into the crypto market when it was falling apart to buy or provide some capital to floundering entities. Now, if you think about the overall crypto market, Coinbase has been our key metric, but is actually a mostly US-focused look at crypto volumes. Now, FTX, while it does have a US arm kinda is mostly internationally focused. That gives us a very different lens into what's going on in the crypto world. So what did we learn from the CNBC report? Well, in 2020, revenue at FTX was $89 million, leading to operating income of about $14 million and net income of roughly the same amount. Now in 2021, the company grew massively. Revenue scaled to $1.02 billion. Operating income last year was $274 million and net income in 2021, $388 million dollars. All very impressive. However, it's also kind of whatever. Why is that? Well, given what we know about the crypto market, we all know it had a great 2021. So what happened this year? Well, happily, CNBC got one more data point, namely that FTX's Q1 2022 revenue was $270 million. That's just about its last year's quarterly run rate, which means that the company actually held on to its growth at least through the first quarter of this year. This is when we get to the yeah, but. So Coinbase had net revenues of $803 million in the second quarter of this year. That was down from over $1.15 billion in the first quarter. So that FTX managed kind of flat revenues in Q1 compared to its 2021 quarterly run rate actually isn't that impressive. We really want the Q2 numbers from FTX because those are the ones that really matter. Is it growing? Is it shrinking? That's what we need to know. What we actually got in this report was the good news, minus the critical context. All 
all the data makes FTX look, well, pretty good. But until we get more recent data, don't presume that the exchange is uniquely besting the market downturn in crypto. We just don't know. And we also don't have any real indication that it's doing materially better than Coinbase, which raises a very interesting question. If FTX did $270 million in Q1 2022 revenue and is worth $32 billion per crunch-based data, a number that's based off of a $400 million Q1 22 fundraise, then why is Coinbase, which did north of $1 billion in revenue in the first quarter, same time frame, why is it worth just $19.4 billion this morning, according to Yahoo Finance? Someone is wrong, either FTX investors or Coinbase investors. I don't know who, but those numbers don't make sense. Because the universe thinks that I'm absolutely adorable, I came back just in time for this SoCar IPO. Everyone knows I love an IPO, and this was a fun one. It took place on Monday in South Korea, and we're talking about a company that raised hundreds of millions of dollars worth of capital while private, including funds from SoftBank, Altos Ventures, and SK Holdings. And as you can kind of infer from the SoCar name, it deals with cars and rentals and the environment and all that good stuff. Anyways, TechCrunch reports that last week, SoCar cut its targeted IPO offering to $102 billion and won roughly $78 million, giving the car sharing company a valuation of about a trillion won, give or take, or about 731 million USD before the start of trading. So did that price reduction help? The answer is no. Shares of SoCar rose over a percent from its IPO price, and then eh, right after that, it tumbled, giving the firm a market cap of around $642 million. So why didn't the price cut help? Why did the company's stock still fall? Well, TechCrunch writes that analysts attributed the muted performance of SoCar's debut today to an expensive valuation and slowdown in the IPO market that is reeling from the global economic downturn. So if a price cut leaves you still too expensive, what does that say about the IPO market? Well, nothing good, and that is a bummer. Perhaps if this IPO had gone better, we could have seen at least some more Asian IPOs. The U.S. market for IPOs remains utterly frozen, but we can always hope that elsewhere in the world things are a bit warmer. Still, unicorns, please don't take heed of this result. Go public anyways. We want those filings. Thank you. Turning to our usual rundown of quick news hits, we're going to kick off with Tesla, which is raising the cost of its driver assist program. Now, this service called FSD or full self-driving went from $10,000 to $12,000 back in January and is now going from $12,000 to $15,000 starting in September. Now, you may have an issue with calling driver assist, quote, full self-driving, but hey, something, something advertising. Now, I wonder what is driving the cost increase, the price raise could help Tesla improve cash collection, provided that consumers are willing to eat the price change. We'll see. But I do wonder what sort of precedent it sets to have so much of the value of a car separate from its purchase price. Moving on, Amazon wants to own more healthcare assets. According to the Wall Street Journal, and I quote, Amazon is among the bidders for healthcare companies Signify Health, joining other heavy hitters vying in an auction for the home health services provider, according to quote people familiar with the matter. Now, this deal could be worth $8 billion, which if you recall, is roughly double what Amazon's going to pay for one medical, a transaction that was worth about $3.9 billion. Now, there's two ways to think about this from where I'm sitting this morning. One, Amazon is making a push to own a big chunk of the American healthcare market. Or two, the company is building its own network to support its huge workforce. I'm not sure which one it is, but this is a big deal and Amazon is putting its checkbook where its mouth is. 
turning to NSO Group. Well, it's finally trying to reform. This is good. The infamous spyware firm is now down to CEO. It's looking for a new one as its COO steps up into the top chair for a bit. The company was known for selling its hacking software to actors that used it to spy on journalists and dissidents and heads of state and political rivals. It was a big mess. Now, Reuters reports that the company says that it will, quote, ensure that its groundbreaking technologies are used for rightful and worthy purposes. To which I want to say, what the f*** were you doing before? And finally this morning, SPACs are dead. The Wall Street Journal reports that SPAC volumes in the U.S. went to zero in July. From such high peaks to such a trough marked zilch, what a come down. I guess it will be traditional IPOs and direct listings from here on out. You won't hear any complaints from us. And that is our show for this Monday morning. Do not forget, we are not live this week, so we will be back on Wednesday morning and Friday morning. If you need more equity in the interim, we are on Twitter, where we tweet under the handle EquityPod. If you want more of me, I tweet under the handle Alex. All that's very good. You're lovely. Have a good week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.